we're clearing off some dust here after our remodel we're turning the lights back on we're opening the lomo lounge we're opening this bar back up after a little hiatus welcome back to your bar my friend welcome back it's weird that you say we remodeled because everything looks the same well you know what i gotta file like a lawsuit with these contractors they knocked everything down and they made it look exactly the same i don't even know i don't even know what to say dude i don't know took it all down they just put it right back up yeah and it's just a little dusty now which is fine and i think well actually i think they got m night out of the vents though so i think that i think that's i think that's a big thing I think that's why we he's paid been spoiling, it. He's been spoiling movies ever mm -hmm. since we covered old. So it's nice that, So we got a new cooler with other uh, foods fresh. We got M night out. Everything's going well. And uh, we don't have to worry about the pincer movement anymore from Tenet. Everything's, everything's current now. We're not getting older and we're not getting younger at the same time anymore. So here we go. That's spoiler for many cents of Newark, but M. Night Shyamalan is in the vents right now whispering, Junior ordered the hit. Junior killed Dickie Moltisanti. Yeah, Hello, this, this is going to be a huge, huge spoiler warning for the many saints of Newark. So if you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it, uh, you better watch it because we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So welcome back yeah. to After the Movies. This is, uh, wow. So uh, we're, I guess uh, how the sausage is made. This is. We are recording Halloween Kills next week, but that's coming out first just so that we can pair the Halloween films. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the second episode of, of After the Movies that will be released this season. Uh, oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> what's up, bro? Oh, whatever. That's, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's okay. It'd be kind of a funny con uh, con continuity error. God, I'm having a, having a pulling a junior here, but... Um, this is hotly this is this has been hotly anticipated by yourself and myself. We've been waiting months to see this film. Almost too much, um, if I'm gonna be honest with you. I was waiting for this film for so long. And uh well and it's a movie. It's uh it's definitely a movie that exists that you can watch on HBO Max. Um we gotta talk the Sopranos a little bit before we get into the movies, obviously. So mm -hmm. you have much more of a storied history with the Sopranos. Um, it is more of a recent love for, for me, but, uh, so give me your walkthrough on your history with the Sopranos. I think real, I think in relative terms, man, I think we're all pretty new to the Sopranos. Actually. I watched, I watched my first, my first watch was in 2018. So I'm still relatively new to the Sopranos as well. Um, absolutely loved it. Loved the series. Wish it was still on. Wish, wish we just had more Sopranos content. Um, I like crime and mob films and movies everybody knows that by now um i just appreciate seeing like a different side of the italian like the italian american culture that like i didn't grow up with because like watching them is very different than like how i grew up <laughs> and like listening to uh my dad and stuff so it's very different so it's interesting to see another side of things um that you can kind of yeah, they're like, always they're always portrayed as criminals it's yeah. so nice to be able to see a, a version where they're not <laughs> criminal so it's uh, definitely nice to like watch this like fantasized, uh, almost like sh shining a light on mob stuff, even though it's not really like a glamorous thing and it probably shouldn't be uh, romanticized, but it is for me. Uh, so I absolutely love uh, The Sopranos. Looking forward to this movie ever since I heard it was coming out. And uh, well, I'm not going to spoil my my take on it. Aaron, what's your history with The Sopranos, my friend? Uh, it was a 
quarantine watch for me, but I that was one that you and and um, a mutual friend of ours had talked about for a long time, and I was finally able to set aside the time. And I said, you know what? I'm not a huge mob guy, but this is like for me. I get annoyed when people come to me with buzz shows and like, oh my god, you got to watch a show. It's the best show on TV. It's the best show you'll ever, you know, like you know how many people are actually going to be watching show xyz in yeah. 10 years but the sopranos has stood the test of time obviously okay. so uh i just said you know what it's time to do it and the thing that i love about it is that it's it's it is a mob show but it's not it's more so about uh, family and relationships and mental health of a of a person who is um happens to be you know a boss mob boss um and i loved it i i absolutely it, it was it could have shot up to my favorite shows list having just watched it once and now with the movie coming out i was very close to trying to cram a rewatch beforehand i didn't do that yeah uh, but i am going to rewatch now i think uh just sporadically i'm going to start rewatching uh, because it, the movie definitely put me in the mood to revisit the show. I think I'm um, also going to do a rewatch of The Sopranos. And I know that we don't do, we just like to shout out pod podcast. But I think it's, you know, we got to give credit where credit was due. The same friend that got you into watching is the same one that got me into. So shout out to Richie on that one. I really appreciate that because he's the one that for years was telling me, you got to watch The Sopranos. You got to watch The Sopranos. You got to watch The Sopranos. And I never had a way to watch it. And then finally it was like, you know, boom. So for sure. And I, I think honestly, I think too, like until maybe the past few years, I don't think that I was mature enough to appreciate a drama. Uh, as silly as that sounds, like I was I watching so saying. much, so much in high school, like strictly comedy or horror movies, mm -hmm. that it was hard for me to invest in something that didn't have some kind of cheap thrill aspect to it. Yeah. Um, you know, but now I, I, attention span is greater and i'm able to sit down and really really enjoy something like this so um that being said we both have high opinions of the show mm -hmm. um we're both very excited about the film and we're like tiptoeing around it because i re we really don't know we talked a little bit while we watched it but we didn't really say too much about our thoughts yep so would you like to start or would you like me to start i'll go because i'll just get it off the table this movie's not good <laughs> There it is, folks. And I'm, Thank you for listening to After the Movies. And I'm <laughs> and I'm very sorry because I put a poll up on uh, my Twitter, and a lot of people voted that uh, they loved it. And here's so I am so I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna break it down very easy for everybody. This is neither a crime film, like a mob film, nor is it really a Sopranos movie. It is bits and pieces of both, and I don't think it works. And the reason why I don't think it worked is, is because they tried to like Goodfellas it, but also too, they were like, Oh, we got to stay true to our Sopranos roots and give you a story. And now if this film gets a sequel, it might be a successful film. But if this is the only film that they're going to do in the Sopranos universe, then I sad to say, I think it's a failure because if they don't go on and then if we don't see a film of like Tony in his twenties, like, like a sequel where we can really like see him grow up and see more of this world and, and see more of these characters, then there was no point in even making this film. I really appreciate learning more about Dickie Moltisanti 
and seeing this, but like, did we really learn that much about him that we already didn't know? We got to see Polly and Syl and uh, Pussy when they were younger. And I know we're going to talk about the acting in some points. Some hits, a lot of misses as far as acting goes in this film. Uh, but as a fan of The Sopranos, and maybe I'm just a victim of my own just high hopes for this film, I just don't think it was that successful, unfortunately. It's a very fair take to have. Uh, I would say that our takes are somewhat similar. I enjoyed the film more than I didn't. Um, but I will say we watched this Saturday night. It's now Tuesday. The longer I sit with it, the more it doesn't quite sit right with me. Mm -hmm. um, the more that, this, you know, there's parts I liked and there's parts I didn't like. And the stuff that I didn't like has been a little more glaring and on my mind than the stuff that I did enjoy, unfortunately. Um, and I didn't hate this movie, but I, I very much agree with your assessment that this is... First thing I asked myself when the movie was over was, in 10 years... Will this hold up as a crime film? And will this hold up as a Sopranos, a uh, piece of Sopranos franchise property, whatever? And I, I honestly, I don't know the answer, but I would, I would be willing to bet no on both counts. Maybe um, the Sopranos thing definitely will not hold up in the crime film universe, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's just... and it, it feels like somebody tried to have their cake and eat it too. And this is kind of where I'm trying to step lately because Dave David Chase created The Sopranos. I'm not trying to say that like he I'm not so you know I'm not some like Marvel or Ghostbusters fanatic that's like they ruined the Sopran like I don't I don't care that much. I don't like, think they I, ruined I, it. No, and like I said, I enjoy the movie. Like I like I don't I'm not angry and the Sopranos still exists and I can watch it and love it. So I'm like not that upset about it. But, like, um, my thing, though, man, is, like, okay, we skimmed the surface of this, like, we skimmed the surface with Johnny Soprano. We skimmed the surface with Dickie Moltisani. I don't think we saw Richie April at all. Like, we saw Hess for a little bit there, and he was younger. But, like, we didn't, like, learn. He didn't go deep into this, like, period of where I think it was, like, the most influential time for this, uh, for the DeMeo crime family. And like we didn't go deep into it, and I would have just—I think it's because I'm such a huge like fanboy of the Sopranos. Um, that's just like I wish we just went deeper into some of these characters' backstories. And I hope that there's a sequel. I really do, but we'll see. Uh, see, that's where we disagree. I don't want there to be a sequel. I think there has to be, or this movie is like an absolute failure. I don't think a sequel can retroactively fix this. Like a sequel, like I would like a sequel to be, if it's good, I would like a sequel. Here's the thing. I really, so we're going to, obviously there's a lot to dig into. I really, really enjoyed Michael Gandolfini's performance as Tony Soprano. Yeah. And if there is a sequel, I would love to, I, I would love to see him more, you mm -hmm. know, because I, I really thought his performance was good. We should also say off the bat for people that miraculously don't know this yet. Um, this movie is not about Tony Soprano yeah. and it is, you know, kind of, it's not misleading necessarily, but the second, <laughs> the stuff about the Sopranos, you're fine, you're coming. It's a little misleading. Sorry. Well, the first trailer is all Tony. Mm -hmm. That's a hundred percent misleading. Um, 
Then the second trailer kind of opens it up a little bit more. You start to get an idea of what's going on here. And I like that better. I, I honestly don't think that this so frustrating because it feel it's so mixed up. I like it's it's every it's it's everything it does a lot of things right and then it takes a step too far and just like does them poorly. So like there's callbacks to the show. I really like the subtle callbacks to stuff. Stuff that if you're just a fan of the show, you'd recognize and go like, "Oh, like I remember from that episode, you know, kind of connect connective tissue." But what I hate the Star Wars like level of like uh, he'll never have the makings of a varsity athlete and you're like oh Junior said the line that's the line from the show like I hate that I hate that so much uh, and that's that bothers me um, there is the part great scene that seriously uh, this is gonna now I am getting into Ghostbusters Marvel boy mode people are gonna think this is ridiculous but I like I like Christopher's narration. You don't get enough of it. It's weird. It's very sporadic. But I like his narration. And I really, really, really like the scene where Tony meets baby Christopher for the first time. And Christopher is like crying and all this stuff. Now, during the show, there's the part where Christopher is killed by Tony. Mm-hmm. And there's a cat hanging around the shop. And Polly thinks that it's it could be Chrissy. He's like kind of suspicious of it, whatever. I was like, oh, man, like the baby, like Christopher. No, like I put that together as, as somebody watching the movie as an audience member. I said, oh, like the baby's crying around Tony. And we know as the audience that Tony will eventually kill him. It's really interesting. And then they cut to this lady that has to break it down. She goes, well, some babies know things from the other side. I was like. It literally was enough to like ruin the scene for me. I was like, I didn't need to hear that. I don't, I get it. I get it. You don't have to spell it out for me. Uh, that, that was the stuff that was like really frustrating for me. You know, um, you talk about just, Chris, uh, like narration throughout the whole thing, but do you know, originally like they were, there were scenes of Carmela opening the movie and talking about it, like, that was their first, like, route that they took, and they ended up scrapping that, which I think is interesting. That would have drastically changed the whole tone of the movie if they did those. It is interesting. Um, Christopher's narration, there's issues with it, but the reason that I like it, the reason it works for me so much is that I do, uh, I I feel like people are going to hate my take on this movie because I feel like people are going to... Oh, they're definitely going to hate me for it, for sure, but that's fine. They're, like People people probably like agree with like some of our thoughts, but I think they're going to think that I'm wrong about the things that I do like and the things I don't. But I, I will say, like unabashedly, I love the end of this film. I really love the last line of the movie where Christopher said... I got chills. Like, no joke. I got chills. And Christopher said, that's my Uncle Tony. That's the man I went to hell for. I thought that was... A fantastic way to end the film yeah um i i love that i don't know man uh, there just there has to be a sequel to this i know that i like i think that's our biggest point where uh, we differ but i like i feel like you're not gonna do uh, the sopranos justice by ending on this like i don't like i don't know if this would have been better as a tv show I don't know if like maybe instead of a second movie, they do like a new show where they like maybe like three or four seasons. 
It can't. None it, of it. It oh, can't end with it. this. It cannot end with this. It cannot. Hey, but but you are, Jimmy. This is gambler behavior, buddy. Because you're 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 like double down on my failure. Like surely the next one won't be bad. Uh, I just I can't do it. I think that they should. I just think that they tried it. We have it. The thing exists. It's here. Some people like it. Some people don't. Let it go. I think this would have been better as a limited series event where they split the two time periods that the film splits. Uh, and then you had more detail and more yeah. depth on each of those. Like it could have literally been like two, two hour episodes, mm. like a, just a limited event series thing. I think that would have been better. Um, David Chase, I know you're listening to this. Please make a <laughs> Please. I can't. I can't do it, Aaron. I can't. I can't let this be the last thing. That, Let's like, talk about... No. I'm mad. I'm no. upset. I'm upset. I don't want to talk. I'm upset. Let's talk about the acting. Oh, yeah. Because the two standout performances for me were Michael Gandolfini. And the guy who played and- Sill. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> oh my god! I hate, I hate you for saying that. I listen. I all right. We gotta talk about Sill now because I can't talk about the other good performer in this film without without getting this out. The Sill, the Sill impression was horrendous. It was all right, and here, all right. Let's so rewind for a second. Here's the other thing. Again, don't give a shit, but clearly I kind of do. During the show, when there are flashbacks, Tony and Sill are the same age. Yep, they are. They're in high school, and they they have kids at the same time. Yeah, the only one who's older is Polly, (laughs) but Polly and Sill are the same age. In this film, Tony is a high schooler and still is like balding. <laughs> 30 year old man. <laughs> He's got a full head of hair in the show. It, it makes absolutely no sense. No sense. Uh, and his impression is a Fred Armisen impression of a guy that frowns the whole time. And uh, it's it's just the worst thing. Like, it's literally like him. Like, um, if you were to see Bill Hader do a mobster impression it'd be him going like hey oh hey hey dicky uh dicky the kids hey, uh, the kids here dicky hey i what do i know the he kids here you. hey and that's what it is it's so bad um it is distractingly bad it's like uh, it's I, like they gave whoever it was i don't even want to look him up because i don't like i'm sure he's a good <laughs> actor but like it's like they gave him direction that they were like just watch like Van Zant play him and just act exactly like him. Nobody else acted like, you know, like Paulie was kind of their own spin. Like nobody else acted like this, but like he's walking, like he's got an illness the whole time. Like, yes, in the show, like still would do like the weird, like a tone, you know, like walk around with his arms. Like, right, right. but the whole time we see still, he's just like stiff. He's just like, looks like somebody's holding him Walking up with like a, a mummy, like a freaking stick the whole time. He's just like, I'm like, I'm like, what is this? And then his hair falls off and I'm like, dear God, what is happening? So polar opposite of this. It, it actually, it's a perfect segue because the other great performance, and I'll see if you agree with me on this, Vera Berminga as Liv. Like, 
was I thought a perfect um, representation of that character. The scene specifically where she is in school with Tony and she gets pulled into the office and the guidance counselor or whoever tells her that like her son has this memory of her reading him this book. It's like one of his favorite memories. You get to see a side of Liv that is like hinted at at the show during the show, but ultimately like during the show, she is given up on everything and she's this, you know, just a uh, foul person to be around and she's mean to Tony and she wants to die and all this stuff. And in the show, she does a very good job of, of capturing Liv's mannerisms, mm-hmm. acting like her, but also giving you kind of this fresher side of the character um, that probably that spark was there when she was in her thirties, forties, you yep. know, that eventually was diminished. I thought that was an, a seriously a great performance. And Sill is like the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of like how people should prep to play other roles or other characters. Like, yeah, it's not Saturday Night Live. You can't just watch somebody do it and just like mimic their, you know, physicality. You have to put yourself in the mindset of the character. Yeah, I think that my favorite uh, performance was Liv, like what you're saying. Um, That was probably by far my favorite. I thought uh, Vera Farmiga uh, played her, is what I'm looking up. Probably said that name wrong. I'm sorry. No, Uh, I I probably did too. uh, But, like, she was outstanding. And then I have to say, like, uh, Dickie Moltisante would probably be a close second. I thought that was just, like, amazing. I just enjoyed that. And then probably Michael. Um, as young Tony, I thought was pretty good. Those are my yeah. top three, I think. And like in that order. I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I think Lamar Odom Jr.'s performance was good too. Um, solid. Um, the, there's, there's a whole lot of like, there's not a whole lot of middle. There's like a lot of like serviceable performances and then ones that are just like very distracting because they yeah. seem like almost like a caricature. Yeah, like I know? like Ray Liotta as like, Dickie's uncle, but I don't like Ray Liotta as Dickie's dad. Interesting. <laughs> I think I, I think I feel the opposite. Yeah, I probably I do too. I just wanted to make a joke about it. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I. <laughs> I'm just making well, it. Well, it's it's not even that I don't like his performance. His performance is kind of interesting. I don't know. I have not really just even spent the time thinking about this. So maybe you can help me out with this. What do you think the purpose of Dickie's uncle was was that to show him that like rehabilitation is possible or that he doesn't have to be this way is that was that kind of the purpose of his character do you think I think it was like yeah I think that it was like kind of showing like there is another side to this life and like you can be a better person if you would like want to be it's the same thing with like I think like his uncle is kind of like the same thing in the Sopranos. Like a lot of times that Tony deals with is like, you know, there's other things besides of this life. And I just think that his uncle was just the embodiment of that in this movie. You know what I mean? Like the central theme of the Sopranos, that's kind of goes through all the seasons. But like, I just think that like Dickie's uncle there was kind of just like that theme just in a person. Now I do think the movie did, relatively speaking i think it stuck pretty close to the themes of the show uh being like you are rooting for someone who is a bad person that occasionally does good things Uh, you really you could flip-flop it either way however you choose to view it but you know you have the it's the same thing with tony where it's like you have this character dickie moltisanti who is on one hand 
teaching blind kids how to play baseball and all, which is now that I think about it is just kind of, almost kind of like a very cheesy scene. Uh, yeah, they could have like, done something else with that. I don't what's know. What's the, uh, what's the most charitable thing we can think of blind kids, basketball league, throw it in there. Uh, and then the other side is him calling uh, on top of killing his uncle and all, and all doing all kinds of stuff, which granted, I guess his uncle kind of had it coming, but um, obviously the racism <laughs> is a huge part of it. Um, and just, you know, abandoning his family and, uh, while abandoning his family while paying attention to his other family and things like that. And then killing um, his other family and then Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that sense, it does feel faithful to the show. Um, the problem is, and this isn't even the movie's fault. I think this is just maybe something that no one really thought through is that you care so much more about Tony because you spend six seasons with him. Mm-hmm. And even as a two-hour movie, you cannot, you know, build up the same amount of goodwill and investment that you can with six seasons of a prestige television show. You I just, just can't do it. I think by only, like, like seeing Tony as, like, a child, because they had a little bit where Tony's a child, and just, like... All I could think of through, like, those scenes is just Tony in his robe eating gabagoo from the fridge and i was like oh this kid like it was so weird i was like oh this kid is just like <laughs> i thought uh it reminded me of aj in the early seasons i thought he the kid was yeah. kind of reminiscent of aj you know um <laughs> but yeah it was weird that they had a uh, baby tony wearing the slipknot jacket in uh, <laughs> in one of those scenes um by the way why didn't they get james gandolfini to come back oof Oof, bud. Sorry. Oof. Sorry. Uh, Big oofs sorry. over there in the air. I'm sorry. World. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. I'm Oof. sure he thought that was funny. He's going to get me whacked for that one. Um, I just called in the hit, so. <laughs> Good. Take me out. Take me out <laughs> to the farm. It's a week. Um, so then, of course, the, the big... Um, and, and, and so I guess this is another uh, plane, but just a thing that doesn't work so well. It kind of does feel like the movie's got two or three different plots happening at once, and they don't ever really a lot going really on. connect, you know. Uh, which is which again leads me to think a TV show or, or a series maybe would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, how do you feel about the twist? The twist. How do you feel about Junior calling the hit on on Dicky? I mean, it it didn't really do much for me. Junior is like a pos throughout the whole time. Anyway, so like it doesn't surprise me, you know, and they kind of like for they, uh, they kind of foreshadow it a little bit when they hug, you know, when they hug each other and Dickie's like, I don't have any family. And then Junior's like, we're we are brothers now. And I feel like any time that happens throughout the show, you're like, oh, Dickie's going to. Uh, right, like him. that person's going to betray them mm-hmm. or, or something. Yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't hate it. Um, it definitely, it retroactively foreshadows Junior calling the hit on Tony mm-hmm. during the show. Um, and it just kind of plays into his character. Yeah. Know? I mean, Junior's just a scumbag pretty much for lack of better terms. He's just, he, he sure. was a scumbag during the show. He was a scumbag in the movie. So for sure. Um, the thing that I, the part that bothered me the most is his 
Gumar's, uh, am I allowed to say that? Do I get the Italian pass for this word? Well, Gumar. Uh, episode Gumar. Is yeah. it Gumar? It's either Gumar uh, or Guma. So when Dickie is, uh, it kills his father and uh, starts uh, <laughs> mingling with his stepmother, his step Gumar. Um, and she says, this is just absolutely the worst dialogue in the world. They're rolling around on the floor together, and she goes, she can't speak English very well, and then she says, motherfucker, and then she says, I like that word, motherfucker, because he's having sex with his mom. Gross! <laughs> Gross and dumb and just bad writing. And Could have done without bad. that, gotta be honest with you. Could have done without that. It. I don't care how hot your stepmom is. I don't need it. I don't need it in the movie. I don't need it. No, thank you. I could have passed on that. Thank so, you. No, thanks. So I don't. Where, where does this leave us with many saints of Newark? I mean, what? You know, do you think you'll ever watch this again? Will I ever watch this again? Absolutely not. Wow, that's strong. Unless there <laughs> is a sequel, then I will re-watch this to get ready for the sequel. Do you think your dislike is like disappointment or, or, or do you genuinely use, are you seem pretty firm in thinking this is just like not a good movie? So here's the thing. I think if this was a movie that was just made, I think it, overall it's a very average movie. Like I right. think it's got a lot of average qualities to it. I just think it's a victim of me loving the Sopranos so much and just like needing to like, suck the tea of some more Sopranos content. Like I just needed it in my life. And I was like, so excited for it. Just so happy to see these characters again. And, you know, and I'm a huge fan of like crime movies and stuff like that. So just seeing one and then I'm watching it and I was like, I, and I don't think it would have ever lived up to my expectations. Like now that we come to the end of this episode, I think it would have been very hard for this film to like meet all my expectations. So it's probably mostly me. I'm just disappointed. You know, I was looking forward to this so much. And then it was just, it just fell flat. It's not a bad movie. Like it's not a bad movie. Like there's a lot of good qualities about it, but it just, it just falls really flat for me, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think as a Sopranos fan, there's worse ways that you can spend two hours on a Saturday night. Uh, I think if you weren't expect, I think if, and this isn't not you, but I mean, all of us, I think if you weren't expecting this to be such a momentous thing, like a Sopranos movie, you know, if you didn't have those expectations on your shoulders and it was like, surprise, here's some uh, additional, mm. you know, stories from the world of the Sopranos, you would actually maybe be like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't know that I was going to get this. And now I have, now I know a little bit more about Dickie and I know a little bit more about this and that. Um, unfortunately, a, sh a show like The Sopranos, the you know the reality of it is that it comes with these kind of lofty expectations. It's got to wait. It's held it for a decade, more than a decade. You know, people love it for a reason, and so it does fall short. Um, and I and and that's coming from somebody who, again, I like the movie more than I didn't like it, mm -hmm. but uh, it it definitely falls short. And the more that I sit with it, the more that I, I, I agree. I don't know how this is going to hold up as a film, Sopranos related or not, uh, down the line, you know? I don't know. And maybe, you know, and maybe I'm foreshadowing this for myself and for us, but man, there needs to be a good crime mob film made, like modern, like newer times. There's like, 
I think it's time. We need it. We absolutely need it. So, well, we have Gotti. I knew I knew in the back of my head as soon as I said that, I'm like, Aaron's going to say Gotti, and I'm going to just fly off the handle. Oh, I just think it's fucked up that you're pretending that Gotti doesn't exist. I am pretending that Gotti doesn't exist. I think that's okay. Pick it up with John Travolta because it's, it's the best mob film ever made. Better than Goodfellas. I'm gonna find. They should have called, called Gotti Best Fellows. I'm gonna find a new co-host for this podcast, and you can find a new one for at the movies. <laughs> I've never seen Gotti. Uh, it's not <laughs> that bad, but it's pretty not good. Did this? This did. I'm not crazy though. Like, I'm not just pulling this out of a hat. Many scenes in Newark did at times feel kind of like a diet Goodfellas, didn't it? That's what that was my big thing at the beginning. It was like choose your lane, like pick a lane, like where are you going? Right. And I don't know, maybe yeah. it was just because we saw Ray Liotta open it. Maybe that's why too. Yeah, I don't know. it looked like it, like it looked like we finally saw him come out of witness protection and just all crazy. <laughs> We're starting over again. We're starting over again. It's like whoa, calm down there, it's Hollywood. Like this, this hurts. Because, uh, you know, any other day you ask the, the cast of The Sopranos, are they welcome in the bar? Uh, well, of course I'm going to say yes. They can shut it down. But uh, what are we doing here, man? We're letting David know. Chase in. We're letting him in. We're letting David Chase in. He's great. Uh, we're letting in. We're letting in Dickie. We're letting in Dickie Moltisanti. We're letting in young Tony. Uh, we're letting and in. Letting in live. Live. And then uh, we're inviting the uh, Sopranos crew from the... Uh, we're going to have a nice little Sopranos uh, reunion in there. We're going to add the good people from this film, and we're going to keep the good from the Sopranos. We're going to bring them together. We're going to open up that back room, finally. We're going to have a nice little uh, reunion. I love it. It feels like a, a, we're making a, a happy ending out of a negative situation. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, so that is our review of The Many Saints of Newark. Um why don't we shout out our Patreon members? We've got Tyler Buckley, Dylan Painter. Guys, thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to join them, we this is a yeah, we're only two episodes into the season in terms of at the movies, four if you're counting after the movies. Uh, we got another 16 episodes of this of this season of both shows coming your way. Um, we watched those movies together on Discord, so if you would like to join us, you can do that. Um, through less than one coffee a month, $3 on Patreon. You can join the Discord. You can watch the films with us, talk with us in real time. All kinds of other stuff. Support the videos we're making, the content that we're putting out. Um, I guess I would like to definitely know everybody's thoughts on The Many Saints of Newark in the comments, um, as well as are there other movies in the future? We always like to ask this every once in a while. Um, things coming out that you're looking forward to that you want us to cover mm-hmm. for this show. Let us know. Let us know in the Discord. Let us know in the Facebook or uh, just comment. Leave a review. Let us know what you want to see. Uh, normally we'd kick everyone out of the bar, but I think that we should just end this on the count of three. I think we should both lean back on microphones and give a good oh, a big a Sopranos. Oh, that's uh, end the episode. So on the count of three, we'll send them off. Uh, maybe you guys like the movie more than we did. We, we sure hope you did. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Three, two, one. <laughs>